Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Chris here with a reminder that this is the second part of a two-part episode about page 46. Last time we scanned back through all this and World War II all the way up to page 46, talking about the ramifications of the big reveal on this page. We came all the way to the present with the big ambush in General Dozer's office at the American command post where Red Skull and the Nazis surround and attack our heroes, and so does the brainwashed General Dozer. That's where we left off, and that's where we're picking up today. Quote, After the hero's two victories in East Prussia and Romania, the Red School decided to get rid of the invaders before the big counteroffensive, to guarantee that they could not fight alongside the Allied soldiers. He decided it was time to play his trump card, the brainwashed General Dozer. Dozer snuck the Skull and his troopers into the base just over an hour ago, while everything was quiet. Most of the troops were away preparing for the upcoming battle. Naturally, there is no more quiet, serene, and solitary time in an American general's hectic life than the eve of a major offensive. Generals can famously be found lying on blankets in beautiful meadows, reading poetry, eating fresh strawberries, just getting back in touch with themselves, hours before a major offensive. So it makes a lot of sense that the general was able to personally sneak red goddamn skull and a bunch of Nazi soldiers into American command while the troops were busy preparing. Anyway, that's where we are. Snap back to the present. Quote, Just after the Red Skull greets the heroes, he and his men will open fire. By now, the heroes should have had a pretty good idea that there was a traitor somewhere within their camp. The ease with which both strike teams were captured when they arrived at their destinations, and some of the Red Skull's comments, along with the mysterious reference to a, quote, Project Orion, should have tipped them off. It goes on to say that if any of the player characters expressed that they thought there would be a mole, then... The Nazis don't get a surprise round in this conflict. If it's taking all the players by surprise that there's a mole here, then the Nazis do get a surprise round. Much more important than that tactical consideration is the author's assertion here, which is the dumbest thing on this page, that the players, if they were paying attention to the story, should have been able to deduce that there was a traitorous informant in American command. The main piece of evidence that the players were supposed to pick up on was the fact that they were so easily captured both in the bunker and in Castle Vladistopol. Hold on, the player is meant to think. How did Red Skull know to install a gas trap at a bottleneck in the entrance to Hitler's secret bunker unless someone called him on the phone and told him we were coming in the five hours or so since we arrived in 1943? How indeed? I guess, I mean, that has to be the logic. It's a chain of reasoning that depends upon a tremendous amount of narcissism, even for a superhero. Like, why would they defend Hitler's bunker unless they knew that I was in town? And honestly, as we discussed with Zemo's device, both of these devices are absolute horseshit. I mean, as we've discussed, they're extremely overpowered, very obvious kludges to keep the players from doing anything the judge doesn't want them to. Any player who is familiar with role-playing games will instantly identify that the point of these traps is to force the plot onto rails. But from an in-fiction perspective, it's much more plausible that these security devices were installed in these secure locations for, like security, rather than to suppose that in addition to being of inexplicable cosmic power, they were just whipped up in a few hours in response to someone finding out that the heroes were coming. Like, the knockout beam in the castle is bad enough, but how on earth would you install that trap in the bunker in the space of a few hours? 
I mean, maybe we're not meant to think that Red Skull literally installed the trap in that length of time. Maybe the trap was already there. It's just that he got forewarning that the heroes were coming, so he... What? Like, what would you do differently? This is Hitler's secret bunker. You've invested a tremendous amount of time and resources in your god-killing gas trap. Do you not have someone watching to see if, like, someone's walking down the hallway to go kill Hitler? You paid a trillion, trillion Deutschmarks or whatever for this gas trap, and now you're going to skimp on staffing so people can just walk right by it? Of course there's someone there watching the trap. And there's no mention of any, like, special sensory devices. There aren't, like, motion detectors or special cameras or anything like that hooked up. There are no troops poised to ambush our heroes. In fact, quite the opposite. On both legs of the adventure, the Nazi supervillains clearly did not see fit to inform the rank-and-file Nazis that superheroes were coming, since our heroes just ambush and destroy Nazis at every turn until they fall into these traps, which are supposedly here because the supervillains knew the heroes were coming. Like, how many Nazi soldiers are you going to let me take out to lull me into a false sense of security? Are you going to let four people beat up, like, 60 goddamn Nazi soldiers on the way to the hallway just to make sure we're riding extra high on hubris when you activate the gas trap? That seems unnecessary, especially given that Dozer, who informed Red Skull about all this, remember, also arranged our transportation to both of these places. So, like, we went to Romania in a plane that landed at a secret airfield held by these secret partisans in Romania, and there was not a peep from the Germans. I mean, the Germans control Romania at this point. This is 1943. Romania has sided with the Axis. It's kind of a miracle that this many of these partisans exist at all, let alone hold an airfield. Clearly, Dozer knows because that's where he sent the plane, holding the superheroes. Would it not have been easier to just shoot down the plane? Or, I mean, let's say that you are a true top-shelf cartoon supervillain, which I grant you that Baron Zemo and Baron Blood are both pretty high on all their cartoonish villain metrics. They are so cartoonish, though, that they really want the superheroes to see their super weapon in action, right? That's why they take them up to see the launch of the saucer. We can't kill them while they're unconscious. We have to have them see the spaceship fly out of their grasp, which admittedly hurts. It hurts a lot. But you know what you could have done? You could have launched the saucer to bring down the plane that they're on. They would have seen it, but I guess maybe you wouldn't have seen them see it. I mean, Baron Blood could have. He could have flown up there. Baron Blood could have watched this whole thing go down. I guess it's just Zemo. I guess Zemo personally just felt like, I just want to see the look on Captain America's face when my spaceship flies away from him. So let's not inform any of the rest of the defensive apparatus that he's coming and just let Captain America beat up every goddamn Nazi soldier in Romania on the way here so that he can walk into this one hallway. I'll knock him unconscious, take him up to the roof, then he'll see the spaceship fly away, then I kill him. I guess I accept that Baron Zemo would do that, but it's a pretty big ask to ask players to deduce that Baron Zemo would do that, and that's why we were not even noticed, let alone attacked, by multiple layers of Nazi defenses on our way to the castle, despite the fact that they had total foreknowledge of our arrival. It doesn't make any sense. None of of this makes any sense, I guess is my point. These traps could not have been installed in response to a phone call that came in like four hours ago. The behavior of Nazi defenses in both locations is totally inconsistent with the idea that we were known to be coming. I could come up with a thousand hypotheses for why things shook out the way they did in all those scenes. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a while. Roughly plausible speculation is at this point my primary skill. But I think it's probably one of the least plausible explanations that someone who knows what we're doing and where we're going is informing on us to the Nazis. Not to mention the fact that Even if we thought there was a mole, we probably wouldn't think it was Dozer, because guess what? Dozer has to sign off 
on all of our transportation to these locations and our transportation back. And if he wants us to miss a connection, we're going to miss it because he can easily give the order to simply not have a plane or a sub pick us up. So if Red Skull wanted to kill us, why would he have Dozer send a submarine to go unmolested into Nazi territory, pick up superheroes from Nazi territory, take them all the way back to allied territory, reconvene with their superhero friends, go back to American command. Meanwhile, Dozer is sneaking Red Skull all the way from Nazi territory into allied territory so that they can jump us in American command, thus revealing Dozer and BTW surrounding Red Skull with the entire allied force in Italy as he tries to make his escape from killing Captain America or whatever. Why do that when what you could do is have the submarine not pick us up, and then while we're waiting for it, you know, drop a bomb on us, shoot guns at us, confront us in person, and try to fist fight us if you must, if that's your supervillain deal, have barren blood come try to drink our blood, anything you want to do. There's no escape for us if the submarine's not coming. I mean, what are we going to do on the shore in Axis territory with no rescue coming and a big crowd of Nazi soldiers opening fire on us with machine guns? I doubt that there's a village full of innocent fishermen in all of Europe with fast enough fishing boats for us to steal to get away safely from that scenario. Why Why give us the ride? It doesn't make any sense. If you think through this plan, it doesn't make any sense. And if any player at the table brings up this possibility, you can bet that the other players are going to counter with all these objections. I mean, as someone who is paying way too much attention to this module, believe me, a player who's paying attention to this module would immediately shoot down the idea that Dozer is a mole because Dozer has had the ability to subtly or forcefully stop and or kill us at every turn in this adventure. If he were working for Red Skull, it would have been trivial for him to prevent us from making any progress on this. But anyway, now we know better. Now we know we've been taking this adventure too lightly. We're supposed to be looking at it with a very critical, logical eye. So let's just get through the rest of what happens on this page. So the Nazis open fire on our heroes, Ford's Furies, in the general's office. And let's suppose that Ford's Furies were caught unawares. Their players obviously were not paying enough attention. However, Ford's Furies, while they shamefully failed to anticipate the big reveal in this adventure, they are pretty tough in a scrape. So they are winning the day against Red Skull's forces. Quote, If the heroes are winning after two rounds of battle, the Red Skull will begin to suspect that things are not going quite the way he planned. In the third round, the Skull will attempt to flee. If he makes it out of the general's office... The Skull will head straight for the American truck. Once in the truck, he will speed off down the road toward the German lines. There are no other vehicles around with which to give chase. That's right. Red Skull, the mastermind that he is, has the perfect plan. If the heroes are fighting back, if this isn't the easy night of casual murder that he expected it to be, he will simply seize the American truck, the only vehicle here, and drive himself back to German lines. I have a question for you. How did Red Skull get here. It says that Dozer snuck him into the camp, but he also snuck in these 10 Nazis. So a total of a dozen people had to come to the general's office, which I guess has no security. There are also no vehicles here. So like in case of an emergency or like the general wanted to get out of here in a hurry in case someone drove down the hill from German lines to come shoot at him, there are no vehicles here. There's, there's one American truck. That's it. I guess we're meant to believe that that truck is how Red Skull got here. Because otherwise, where's the vehicle that they brought here? And how are they planning to get back? I guess this means that Dozer personally drove them here. I guess the general just like personally asked for a troop transport, which I guess this truck has to be. Because otherwise, how did 10 Nazis, a supervillain, and a brainwashed general all fit into it? I guess it has to be a transport. So like the general personally got himself a transport, which he drove away empty into German territory, picked up Red Skull and 10 Nazis, then drove 
back over German lines, an American troop transport, and then the general personally drove it back over American lines, which my understanding is that there would be some manner of security on like the front lines in a in a war type scenario. Like I think if you're driving from German territory into American territory, I don't think that if even if you're a general, you can just like wave out the window and they let you drive right past. So maybe they dressed up Red Skull and all these soldiers in American outfits. Probably would have seemed strange to the people uh, on the front lines that the general in charge of all the American forces in Italy was personally driving a truck full of soldiers. So I guess maybe they would have had one of the Nazi soldiers drive. But uh, see, they do card you when you come into American territory, don't they? It's so complicated. But anyway, they worked it out somehow. I mean, Red School is a genius. So he worked this out somehow. So they drove the American truck, I guess, back to General Dozer's office. And then they all just got out, went inside the general's office. The general probably went up to the security at the office and was like, hey, everybody, early day today, there was a problem with, um, shit, there's no, <laughs> there's no technology to go down, 1943. Hey, everybody, the file cabinets are down. We can't really do any more work today. Everybody go home, come back tomorrow. War's, war's off for today. Then he had Red Skull, who, by the way, has a Red Skull, if you'd forgotten. And the 10 Nazis just walk into his office and set up and prepare to ambush everybody. And then they had the one truck waiting there. It would have been really important to make sure nobody else used this truck, because if they did, then Red Skull and his Nazis would have had to walk back to German lines past the American front. And I feel like that would not have gone well for them. But anyway, none of this matters. The superheroes are going to win this fight. So why bother thinking about what would happen if Red Skull won? Quote, after the heroes defeat the Nazis, Dozer will wake up, unable to remember anything of the past several days. He is no longer subject to the effects of the hypno-wash. Now I know what you're asking. Great, we got the general back. Great, we defeated the Nazis. Is there loot? Yes, there is. Well, kind of. There is if the judge needs this opportunity to jam one more goddamn thing in your pocket against your will. Quote, if the heroes did not take the Orfu bracelets with them when they left Hitler's bunker, the Red Skull will be carrying them, along with papers explaining that they were worn by the original alien time travelers when he sets up his ambush at Dozer's office and will conveniently drop them when he flees. <laughs> Red Skull is carrying 12 bracelets with pieces of paper, literal pieces of paper explaining where he got these bracelets and what they do for no reason. And he's carrying, I don't know how he's carrying these 12 bracelets in a little bag, in a satchel. Is it a briefcase? Is it a backpack? Does he have them in a little wheeled cart? Every option is more implausible and hilarious than the last. But somehow he's brought these 12 bracelets into the office with just, at this point in the module, who gives a fuck? Just pieces of loose leaf paper explaining what these things are and why they're important, just lying on top of them. And then when he fails to kill the superheroes, he's like, curses, the Americans have foiled me again. At least I can escape in this, the only truck in the world. And he leaves his fucking bracelets behind, maybe using them uh, as a distraction, maybe using them to impede our heroes. Maybe he flips his little fucking wheelbarrow of bracelets to slow pursuit and runs out the door to get in the troop transport or the Jeep or whatever the fuck this thing is and drive away. Which, by the way, good luck Red Skull alone in a troop transport driving back past American lines. Why did he bring these bracelets? And what reason could he have had that it would then make sense for him to just leave them on the fucking floor at Allied Command? Our players, if they are particularly dim-witted, may be wondering the same thing themselves. What the fuck are these bracelets doing here? On multiple levels of reality. Within the fiction, why did Red Skull bring these here? But more importantly, on a meta level, why the fuck is it so important to the judge that I have these 12 random bracelets? Well, there's an answer to that question, and you'll never guess where it is to be found. 
Quote, If at any point during the adventure, the heroes look up what actually happened during the upcoming battle in Crane's history book, they will read the following account. Quote, The Allied soldiers pulled a victory out from nowhere when a group of strange red and blue garbed figures showed up and helped turn the Nazis back. Ah, now it all makes sense. The picture in Fury's office, these bracelets, which checks loose leaves of inexplicably English language notes, are alien bracelets that create red and blue clothes for no reason. That explains what the judge wants us to do, but what is his bullshit rationalization? Speaking of red and blue clothes, for that rationalization, we have to turn to our good friend, rookie Captain America. Quote, By this time, Captain America has deduced that the player characters are from the future, and he will suggest that the heroes wear the, quote, top secret bracelets from Hitler's bunker. These bracelets will cloak their wearer in illusionary red and blue uniforms, disguising them from the prying eyes of war correspondents and historians. Good thinking, rookie Captain America. Why, if Ford's Furies intervened in these events in their own uniforms, with their own faces, academics and an inquiring public might recognize them. From the future. What the fuck? What? Rookie Captain America doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But it's not just Rookie Captain America. Hamilton Crane himself said that the Red and Blue Strangers appeared to bail out the Allies in this battle. We can trust Hamilton Crane. I mean, granted, he didn't happen to write anything about how General Dozer turned out to be a mind slave of the Nazis. That seems like a significant oversight in this tome. But other than that, Hamilton Crane has been very reliable. He says the Red and Blue Strangers saved the day. That's good enough for me. I am left, though, as an attentive player, with one question. Where has this book been? You know the one I mean. World War II Inside and Out, All the People, All the Places, and All the Events by Hamilton Crane. Where has this fucking book been? Because we had to consult it after we got the information from Captain America at the Allied camp, right? We found out from Captain America that the weapon could be at Vladistopol or the secret bunker. We had to find those locations by consulting the book. So either we brought it with us to the camp in the first place, or we went back to the time machine to get it and consulted it there. It's possible that we would have left this book in the time machine in the gully in Nazi-occupied territory, I guess. More likely, we would have brought it back to the camp. Then the whole team split up. Half of us went to Romania and half of us went to East Prussia. If we left this book in the camp, it seems highly unlikely that General William Bull Thomas Dozer wouldn't have read it. He is, after all, a mind slave of the Red Skull, who is highly invested in figuring out who we are, where we came from, what we're up to. He's under orders from Red Skull. We did mysteriously appear on a battlefield where we shouldn't have been. And it's not like we have our own apartment here that we're chilling in. This isn't Albuquerque. This is a World War II battlefield. If we even have any kind of quarters at all, it's because Dozer gave them to us. So if we left the book at the camp, it's right there. Dozer would have seen it, Dozer would have read it, and he would have been able to pass on all relevant information in the book, which is, of course, all of the relevant information that exists, this is Hamilton Crane we're talking about, directly to Red Skull. The only way Dozer wouldn't have been able to read this book is if we were security-minded enough that we thought, let's not even leave this in the Allied camp, let's keep it on us. At which point, every single one of us was unavoidably captured by a Nazi supervillain. In almost every scenario, all of us are unconscious for like an hour being held captive by the Nazis. I guess I can understand why they and their hubris would not, like, take away Hawkeye's bow or take away Wonder Man's little flight belt. Would they not, though, take our giant book of everything important and secret about World War II down to the Nazi copy room and run off some pages for future perusal? Would they not perhaps be worried about the Allies getting their hands on this book 
and maybe keep it. Did they really see that we were carrying a book full of all information about this war and just leave it on us and let us escape? Like without even reading it themselves? Where the fuck has this book been? And this is all assuming that we kept this all secret and we like made a big point of concealing this book and securing it as best we could. One of the options in the adventure is we walk into the American camp holding this book above our heads. Like, behold, we are from the future. We have information about the outcome of this war. We wish to speak to superheroes and military leaders so that we may use our future knowledge to assist you. And still, none of the countless Nazis who have had full access to our personal effects even bothered to look at it. What can I say? When the author gives a karma award of 15 points to canny players who put together all the intricate pieces and predict that there's a traitor at American Command, the author is, is right. This plot just fits together so perfectly that if you really sit and think about it, if you're a good player, you should be able to perfectly reconstruct its immaculate logic. And if you don't, then the judge can simply have Red Skull be carrying a satchel with a pile of all the loot that you missed from the rest of the adventure and a big bundle of English language papers tied up in a ribbon explaining all of the plot points that you didn't understand. For no reason. I have no idea where this guy gets the fucking gall to reserve the XP award for players who reasoned out the secret, the mystery. This episode is already running long, but I, I dare you to produce a Sherlock Holmes-style summation explaining what the fuck happened in this adventure up to this point, accounting for all the details, and say with a straight face, it's the only logical explanation. Anyway, the secret's out, all the cards are on the table, all the bracelets are on the fucking floor, there's nothing left now but the fighting. Join me next time for Chapter 23, colon, The Big Battle, on MDC, The Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.